Hey, this is Lauren from the Beard Owl Podcast, and you are listening to Michael's Record Collection. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Michael's Record Collection, episode number 65. In this episode, I had the pleasure of talking with Lauren Carey of the terrific Beard Owl podcast. Lauren and her brother John have a show that combines their two favorite things, craft beer and the music of Weird Al Yankovic. For this episode, Lauren was kind enough to join me to discuss my favorite Weird Al album, the 1985 classic Dare to be Stupid. We went track by track to discuss the record, but first, Lauren talked about her Weird Al origin story, how her podcast came about, and more. I'm also going to be on Lauren's show this week to talk about Dare to be Stupid in a different way as we do our song rankings from the album. Yes, it's a two-podcast Weird Al Yankovic crossover spectacular. Nobody dares to be stupid like we do. Before we get into that, I want to remind everybody that you can follow me on social media at Mike's Records on Twitter and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. You can sign up for my free weekly newsletter at michaelsrecordcollection.com and you can email me your feedback or questions at michaelsrecordcollection at gmail.com. Okay, let's get into some Weird Al discussion with Lauren from the Beard Al podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Michael's Record Collection. I am uh, very honored to be joined today by Lauren Carey, the host of the Beard Al podcast. We're going to be talking a little bit about Weird Al Yankovic today. Lauren, thanks for being uh, on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am always down to talk Weird Al. As I'm sure you are. I mean, uh, let's talk a little bit about your podcast first. I guess the uh, concept of Beard Al. Where did that start? How did that become a thing? Uh, mixing craft beer and Weird Al Yankovic. Oh my gosh. Well, this was Beard Al gets lumped a lot in with uh, shows that started during the pandemic because it's a show that started during the pandemic, but the idea for it came a little bit before that. And the pandemic was just the thing that made us go, oh, well, let's just do it now. We have time. Uh, so the general premise is it's my brother and myself and, um, we do what we say we do. We take our two favorite things in the world and smash them together because, uh, Weird Al was the thing that kind of kept us bonded as kids because we're about two years apart. And, you know, especially when you're teenagers, it's like you, you kind of hate each other a little bit. But oh, yeah. we always found common ground in Weird Al. You know, one of us could turn Weird Al on and go, oh, OK, like you're not so bad. I remember this is great. This is great. And then when we both got a little older, we realized, wow, craft beer is amazing. And it was another thing that we bonded over. And so when we were thinking about doing a podcast together, um, I think I might've mentioned Weird Al and John might've mentioned beer. And then he was the one who just kind of had the moment he, he went, well, why not both? I'm like, brilliant. <laughs> That's the hook, you know, because craft beer, especially from like funky little micro brews has a lot of the same humor that Weird Al does, especially like when naming the beers and doing, it's just people doing weird stuff. And mm -hmm. that's what Weird Al does too. Yeah. They use a lot of puns and, um, you know, just clever little sayings and a lot of their 
advertising is very irreverent, like Weird Al. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I could see that little similar humor there. How many shows have you guys done now? Oh my goodness. We did a, somewhere in April, I want to say, we had our 100th episode. Nice. And so, yeah, coming up at the, the end of the end of May was, uh, you know, two years since the first episode came out. So we're, we're trucking along pretty well. Now I will say I have done over 100 episodes of the beard out podcast. My brother has done about half of that <laughs> because yeah. every other week of the show, I have a guest on, you know, you're, you're on the show, uh, to talk about, you know, the, the weird out topic du jour, the main backbone of the show is my brother and myself pairing a craft beer with a weird Al song, but then every other week it's a, it's a free for all. Do you have a favorite pairing so far that you've come up with? Oh my gosh. There was one, um, you know, I'm going to go with something that happened recently, uh, because there've been so many that have been really right on the nose. And then there have been several that were just a stretch. <laughs> um, but when we did the song CNR, which is a white stripes style parody about Charles Nelson Riley, we've used this phrase a lot on the show too. A style parody is a pastiche is like the technical term for that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I found a beer called pastiche that I had when we were talking about the white stripes pastiche. And so I said, well, I could have done this for any of the style parodies, but I did it for that one. <laughs> and, um, what type of beer is pastiche? Pastiche is a, as a, it was, it was a double IPA. Okay. Do you have a, a like a go-to favorite craft beer? Yes and no. I have styles that I gravitate towards more than others. Um, I have recently admitted to myself that my, my favorite is probably a dank IPA, <laughs> which is not everybody's cup of tea. But like every time I have one, I, I go, oh, this is it. This is it. This is it. But, you know, I like a good West Coast and stuff. And a running joke on the show is that Lauren loves her double dry hopped IPAs. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I most <laughs> certainly do. Um, but if I had to say, if I have a favorite, favorite beer, uh, it is the Mad Elf from Trogues Brewing in Hershey, Pennsylvania. They uh, brew it once a year at Christmas time. And it's a, uh, it's a wild ale brewed with honey and cherries. And it's delicious. It is not Christmas unless I have my Mad Elf. It sounds amazing. I'm, um, I don't think that I have a favorite beer because I'm like, one of those guys who's got the untapped app. And so I just want to keep trying new beers. Like I don't really go back to beers. Like I will keep in mind beers that I like so that if I'm someplace out and they tell me what the selection is, I know which one I'm, I'm going to go with, but yeah. And, and a lot of that too is it just has to do with the season. What, you know, is it hot out? Do I need to have a, like a lighter beer, a more refreshing beer? Is it cooler out? Do I need to have a heavier beer? Am I, you know, I, and I have a buddy of mine, actually the guy who designed the logo for my podcast, he will go to a concert and he has to have IPAs when he goes to concerts. I don't know what it is, but. <laughs> uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. I had several IPAs, um, not at the last Weird Al concert that I went to, but the, uh, the one before that, the pre-pandemic one, the Strings Attached tour, it was at a nice outdoor amphitheater and, uh, you know, those places, they're going to have local stuff too. So, I mean, I'm waiting for the show to start and I'm just like oh this is great they give you the plastic cup and you just keep getting it refilled yeah that is good all right we got to talk about weird al your 
you are i'm sure there are people maybe even out there that are more rabid weird al fans than you are because there's no end to the spectrum when it comes to what people are into what you know how how deep people get into something but weird al yankovic is a he's an artist that it's it's not your typical artist you know there's there's stevie nicks stands and there's you know people that are into the foo fighters and you know every band basically what is it about weird al what was your introduction to weird al oh gosh well i'm gonna i'm gonna slow down just a second because in addition to weird al i am a very big stevie nicks stan mm -hmm. um to the point my dog is named belladonna so uh yeah i'm a complex woman um <laughs> but what is it about weird out well i i think a lot about the waters run way deeper with weird out than people tend to think that they do mm -hmm. and obviously you've got the humor which is what opens the door but then you realize how smart he is with um a lot of his lyrical choices and then a lot of his musical choices too i mean we're we'll get to it on this album but uh the the track dare to be stupid i mean mark mothersbaugh from devo said you devoed better than devo how did you make that sound and he's just like i don't know i'm weird out and <laughs> you know so you get all of that but then kind of digging into who weird al is uh his, his kindness i think is the thing that that stands out the most and so you can enjoy the music but there aren't a lot of artists out there where you can say yeah the music is great but he is also somebody that you should really model your life after in a lot of ways because you know he asked for permission to do all the parodies he's just like a genuinely kind guy and you know again the title dare to be stupid it's like don't take yourself super seriously you can take things seriously and do them well mm -hmm. but you know a little bit of levity i think is super important and um too many people just overlook that you know the joy in life it's there if you are open to it and weird al leaves you open to it Sure. What was your first Weird Al experience? Do you remember where, you know, what your first song was, for example, that you heard from him? Oh, yeah, we got the um, we got the Bad Hair Day album in 96. And so that entire summer, my brother and I listened to it ad nauseum. And uh, then our dad kind of he ran into the house and he was like, wait, 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 wait. And he got Weird Al's uh, self-titled debut album um, from the Columbia Record Club for just one penny. And uh, he's like, no, there's more. And so we had one of those boom boxes with the CD on one side and the tape deck on the other. And mm -hmm. we just switched back and forth outside. And the neighbors had to have hated us. But that summer, we just consumed <laughs> almost nothing but Weird Al music. And then uh, we worked backwards, kind of filled in the back catalog, and then just kept getting the new stuff as it came out. I assume you own every Weird Al album in some format. Yes. Actually, in this very room is the um, Weird Al vinyl box set squeeze box. Okay. Nice. So, and yeah, I'm looking at it. I can see it. Do you have them in multiple formats? Uh, some of them I have, uh, well, this, all of the, almost all of them on CD, I think up to, um, up to Poodle Hat exists on CD, probably at my parents' house, um, because, you know, we kind of all got them together. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have the first couple of albums on vinyl. I have the um, Greatest Hits Volume 2 on cassette. And then this whole, uh, this whole box set. Yeah. Obviously the Holy grail for you would be to have weird Al on the show. Mm -hmm. Have, have you made any inroads at all in, in getting that to happen or have you even tried? 
I haven't tried to have him. He's been very busy lately. You know, he's got this, this big tour going on, you know, the movie and all that, but you know, I did go to see the uh, unfortunate return of ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour um, mid-May and did the VIP meet and greet and Weird Al recognized who my brother and I were (laughs) and he was like oh it's you guys and then I got my autographed poster and Al wrote Lauren I love the podcast XO Weird Al Yankovic I'm like so I have it in writing that he knows we exist he likes what we're doing and when he saw us he's like oh he there was a like a protective screen between Al and the people mm-hmm. and he put his arms out wide and like he, his chest right up to this protective screen and kind of looked at me with that I would hug you if I could yeah. kind of face and I was like <laughs> I would take a hug if you could man <laughs> if we if we weren't in a global pandemic uh things yeah. might be different how many times have you seen Weird Al 11 Sorry, I didn't mean to get you right as you were taking a drink. That was a party foul on my part. No, it's all good. 11, <laughs> 11. But by the end of this year, it will be 12 because he's coming to Florida on the, like the, near the end of this tour. And uh, I've got the VIP here with some friends of mine. So get to do it all over again. What do your parents think of your Weird Al? Um, I wouldn't call it an obsession, but it's certainly an enthusiasm. Um, your dad obviously is down with it since he had some Weird Al in his collection. Uh, they are very much in on it uh, because <laughs> going to the the concert, um, you know, in May, uh, I flew up from Florida to Pennsylvania to go with my brother and our parents. And we all had matching like Hawaiian shirts. You could not, you know, there was no denying each other. And um, they did the VIP as well. They got their picture taken with Weird Al and um yeah. So, I mean, they're all in on it. M- Mom and dad have both been on the show at one point to talk about some Weird Al too. So it's very much a Carrie family affair, our obsession with Weird Al Yankovic. I think I'm definitely the, the most obsessed, but you know, we're all very much big Weird Al fans. As we record this, I know you've been photographing yourself daily with a Weird Al shirt on or some type of Weird Al garb or or um you know memento or something what num what day number are we up to now as of this recording i believe it's 517 wow wow yeah it was a complete accident um people always like well like what started this and i got to like the third day of uh 2021 and realized i'd worn a weird owl shirt every day and so i just had a little moment with myself and i said how far can i go with this like how many do i do i have and so I made it two weeks without having to repeat a shirt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I started posting it on Twitter and people responded to it. People have, people have sent me weird Al shirts. Wow. Um, it's crazy. And I got some on eBay, which is a very meta weird Al thing to do because I bought it on eBay. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I'm up to 50 ish. Cause I got a new one at the concert, you know, and, and things like that. So I've got a pretty good, uh, good wardrobe going for me they're not all like officially sanctioned weird owl merchandise mm-hmm. some of them are from you know independent artists that are uh kind of riffing off of stuff in his songs so i have a t-shirt for every location mentioned in the biggest ball of twine in minnesota <laughs> good good so i mean that counts yeah so it's, it's a good time yeah i'm glad you said that i'm glad it's important for people to know that you don't have 517 different weird owl shirts 
No, my God, but I would I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would probably love to have the space for 517 Weird House shirts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be a, a nice closet to have. Um, it's a great niche that you've that you've carved out for yourself with this podcast. Are you are you finding that, that there are other Weird Al podcasts out there that are kind of like, you know, I I don't I don't even know how to say it. it, it is that they're they're sort of rooting for you, but they're also like, hmm, they're getting all the attention. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we found our lane. You know, we've got the beer going for us, and mm -hmm. there are a couple of different Weird Al podcasts out there. Um, and we're all super um supportive of one another at the show that I was at. Actually, um, Dave and Ethan from Dave and Ethan's. 2000 inch weird owl podcast we're there we saw each other in the lobby you know big time hugs we got pictures together we traded stickers and it was like they're like well we love what you're doing and they're like well i love what you're doing and it's it was wonderful because you know it's we're approaching our fandom for weird owl in a very different way you know they're they're being i hesitate to use the word serious because they're not being serious about it but they're being a lot more journalistic than we are we're basically just you know two siblings reminiscing have a good having a good time and talking about stuff we like and it just so happens to be weird al um they do a lot more research than we do we're like i remember that i think you know yeah they're um they're dissecting things whereas you guys are just having fun with it yeah pretty much yeah did you have any clue that that your show would be this well received because you guys have you've, you've joined um, a podcast network and uh it's your show is doing very well uh, honestly i am still surprised that the show is doing very well uh, when we started this i i said i don't care if like two people listen to it and there are parents you know because it gives my brother and i an excuse to sit down have a beer and talk to each other from you know, the 800 plus miles apart that we live on a relatively regular basis. Um, cause he's, you know, he's busy. He's got a, like a three and a half year old. And, you know, I have, I've got like two jobs and all this, that, and the other. So we would not, I don't think we would consciously make the time if we didn't have this kind of outlet where we almost need to make the time. So I've always said that even if it was just that, even if only two people did it, it's worth it. Yeah. So you've got this great tradition that on friday nights you go out locally you do some karaoke you incorporate mm -hmm. a little weird owl into that at times i most certainly do uh, i've <laughs> got the the polka from off the deep end uh, polka your eyes out is probably one of the most things that you can ever do at karaoke because it's all like late 80s early 90s music and people you see their their eyes and ears kind of perk up they go oh i know this song oh you're unbelievable oh and then it just switches into, you know, different songs that people haven't heard in a long time. Like, when was the last time you heard the Humpty Dance? You know, but I sing a line from the Humpty Dance every time I do Polka Your Eyes Out. Yeah, it's it seems like it's a lot of fun, and and that's kind of the watchword for for the Beard Al podcast. Before we dive into my favorite Weird Al Yankovic album, I want to we'll do this again at the end, but tell people where they can find the Beard Al podcast and and find you on social media. Absolutely. The easiest way is to go to beardalpodcast.com. That's beer D Al podcast, not like facial hair beard. It's beer D beardalpodcast.com. 
Um, if that's too difficult, you can go to oddpodsmedia.com and that's our podcast network. There's a link to our show there along with all the other great shows on the network. And uh, we are at Beardell Podcast on Twitter, at Beardell Podcast on Instagram, and it's facebook.com slash Podcast. Yeah. And the title is B-E-E-R apostrophe D. Yep. Weird Al podcast and you Beard got Al podcast. great merch also. So that's, that's fun. Um, Thanks. <laughs> before I reveal to, to my listeners and, and viewers, what my favorite album is from Weird Al, do you have a favorite or are they like your children and you can't decide? It's very mood based. Um, so, but I'm going to say for, for nostalgia's sake, I'm going to go with bad hair day because that was the first one. Yeah. So that's probably it. But I mean, don't get me started on how underrated Poodle Hat is or how underrated Polka Party is because those two are also gems. So I'm just going to go with Polka Party from the 80s, Bad Hair Day from the 90s, and um, Poodle Hat from everything that happened after that. Okay, that's that's fair. And you're right, there's a there's sort of a a link like a like a almost um an impression that you make like uh with that first one the first one always has a special place in your heart no matter who the artist is i think you always tend to gravitate toward that one that you got first or listened to first and 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 made that first impression so i totally understandable and to that end my first weird al yankovic album that i ever owned was my favorite dare to be stupid that's right and uh, also has my favorite weird al song on it but uh, i was i was introduced to weird al through sunday nights listening to the dr demento show and so right from the beginning you know i heard the my bologna and some of those early uh weird al songs and so but he was always just this guy that you heard on Sunday nights on Dr. Demento, and there was really nothing else to it until MTV, and he became, you know, just huge. And his, of course, his videos were a big part of that. Uh, but I think there was way more than that to him. And, uh, and we'll get into that. So put that chainsaw down and listen to me. We're going to talk about Weird Al Yankovic's Dare to be Stupid. Came out June 18th, 1985 on Scotty Brothers Records. It was his third studio album, uh, third in three years, in fact. And I'm uh, going to go through the band members. The uh, Weird Al Yankovic, obviously, accordion, keyboards, theremin, uh, vocals, background vocals. Rick Derringer played guitar on this and produced. Steve J played banjo, bass guitar, background vocals. Jim West played guitar and, and sang backup vocals. Great name, John Bermuda Schwartz, percussion and drums. You got to love that. Mm -hmm. uh, probably my favorite nickname in all of music is uh, John Bermuda Schwartz. Uh, Warren Looning on trumpet, Joel Peskin on clarinet. Uh, that's how deep this is, folks, clarinet. Uh, and more than one, Gary Herbig played clarinet and saxophone. Pat Regan played synthesizer. Bill Scott did some yodeling, uh, some banjo from Alveola. Uh, the glove. Don't know anything about the glove. The glove scratching is the uh, is the instrument <laughs> listed. Uh, the Waters Sisters with background vocals and Belen Alvarez uh, just says the queen. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Yeah. So Dare to be Stupid. This is an amazing album. And it starts off with the parody of 
the queen of the MTV era, Madonna, with Like a Surgeon. I'm a line, better give me all your gauze, nurse. This patient's fading fast. Complications have set in, don't know how long he lasts. Let me see. Like a Surgeon is a song that he just cracks me up every single time the way he says, hey, (laughs) very good, just kills me. I love it. Um, Your thoughts on Like a Surgeon? I think Like a Surgeon holds a very interesting spot in Weird Al lore in that it's the only parody he ever did that the idea came from somebody else. And it came from Madonna herself. Mm-hmm. And so you can't be mad at that. And yeah, this song is hilarious. It's sidebar, a lot of fun to do at karaoke. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's really, it's really clever, you know, the way it's like, you know, I was last in my class, barely passed at the Institute. Um, but I, it just, you always have to think like, well, what do you call the guy who graduated last in his class at medical school? doctor and so like that's what this this whole thing is but then he ties it up at the end with the um you know uh the disgrace of the ama because my patients died before they could pay you know and that's his little commentary his commentary is so sneaky that like if you don't catch it you miss it so love it i mean not that not that his patients die but because they they die before he can they can pay so that's 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 awesome. And it's, I think it says a lot about the, uh, the healthcare system in our country. And I like it better than Madonna's original. I've never been like a huge Madonna fan. I like some of her songs, but this wasn't, wasn't like a virgin. Wasn't one of the ones that I liked from her all that much, but I love this one. And it was so good that it charted on the billboard hot 100 at number 47 with a parody song. I mean, it's gotta be really good to get on the hot 100 and he managed to do that. Yeah. And it's so good. And, um, you know, it's like, it's a little jarring to your ears because I think it's like half a step lower than like a virgin is. So it's one of those that like, you can tell which one it's going to be right from the opening beat. Whereas some of the parodies, like you have to give it a second, but this one, you know, cause it's lower. Yeah. So good stuff. Like a surgeon kicks it off. And then we go into the title track dare to be stupid. And this is for me, just an unbelievable song as a devo fan this has all the all the perfect the perfect pastiche of the devo style Charming you can when Mr. Whipple's not around. Stick your 
he he's very clever and he nailed like you said mark mothersbaugh said you out devo devo and it's hard to argue with that because he hit you wouldn't even have known that he wrote this rather than the actual guys in devo yeah it's crazy uh i mean it's brilliant all the little um sound bits in the song you know uh like i, I do the yes like way more often than I, I should like in real life um most people don't catch it but like you know you're with a good person when you can go yes and they go oh I know what you're talking about but I, one thing I love about the song dare to be stupid is how throughout Al's career it's kind of taken on a life of its own uh because he's done it in different styles on the last two vanity tours so he did it in the style of the grateful dead couple years ago and then the one I just saw he did it in the style of like lounge lizards which was hilarious I looked at my brother in the middle of that and I said John this is a revelation I love when a song can evolve because the original that you have on this album is beyond reproach it's one of my absolute favorite weird owl tracks but the fact that he can change it and give it you know breathe new life into it as he wants to I think it's it's amazing it's got this terrific laundry list of Doing things you are typically told not to do, look at gift horse in the mouth, things like that. And the line mashed potatoes can be your friend is a great inside joke for Devo fans because of all the Devo potato references and spud references. And um, he just he just gets it. He he doesn't just write out some lyrics that kind of rhyme and go with the with the song. It just really is well thought out researched and i don't really know what what weird al's record collection looks like but i, I imagine it's pretty expansive i'm sure it's expansive and extremely diverse mm -hmm. um because i you know just based off of what you know his oeuvre he must listen to a lot of stuff in order to really understand it all as deeply as he does so yeah i'm sure it's ridiculous <laughs> Uh, younger listeners and viewers, you should ask your parents what the references are that uh, about uh, selling wine before it's time and squeezing the Charmin. Those are those are a little a uh, little dated now, but um, people my age, I uh, I still adore them. They're just great. I want a new duck, Lauren. A new duck, a mallard, I think. One that won't make a mess of my house. I'll build a nest in the bathroom sink. I want a new duck, one that won't steal a beer. One that won't stick his bill in my mail. One that knows the duck stops here. One that won't drive me crazy, waddling all around. One who'll teach me how to swim and help me not to drown. Uh, a Huey Lewis parody and just so much information in this song. I did not know that a duck would steal your beer. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as one of the hosts of the Beard Al podcast, I tend to try to stay away from ducks due to the rampant beer theft 
among the duck community. <laughs> yeah, that's that's smart. That's smart. You don't you don't you know craft beer for all its its qualities. Being inexpensive is not one of them. No, no, and uh, it it attracts the ducks. It attracts ducks. They just want this expensive, expensive beer. No, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> this song is hilarious. I mean, the duck puns alone. Oh, the duck puns are great. And uh, you and I had a great conversation about the line uh, about showing him how to get down. And uh, down being, of course, uh, what's on a duck? Down. Down feather. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and so a great double entendre, which you recently um, came to understand. Yeah. You know, I knew it. I just, I think my brain just overlooked it because I know the song so well. And then there was one day embarrassingly recently where I was like, oh my God, I get it. <laughs> and I said it out loud to no one. And, uh, you know, now it's, it's one of those things that my, I, I told my brother what happened, like right after it happened, I said, John, I got the line. He's like, what took you so long to get the line? And I said, I don't know, man. And he goes, well, I'm going to call you out on it on the show. So rather than have him do it. I just kind of owned that moment. And, you know, it's not me being, it's not me daring to be stupid. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is, it's more speaks to the fact that there's so much going on and so, so much of his music that you're not going to catch all of it on the first or the 27th or the 3000 paths mm -hmm. pass sometimes. And I think because of the fact that it rhymes and a lot of people wouldn't even think twice about it because they would just think, well, that's a nice little line that rhymes. He actually does punctuate that line by saying, get it at the end of it, because he knows yeah. that it's going to fly, you know, just over some people's heads. Yep. Just like those darn ducks. <laughs> exactly. While they're, while they're out scouring the uh, countryside for uh, craft beer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I just love how he highlights the double entendre by it. Get it? It's like, get it. It's and we can't discount the quack 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 quack. quack. Yeah, oh, the so saxophone instead of a saxophone solo, sax solo. He's got a quack solo. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Definitely a a top top three song on the album for me, and that brings us to my very favorite Weird Al song of all time. A song that proves that Weird Al's got a voice for, for all the other things that he's good at. He actually does have a good singing voice when he is trying to do something. I wouldn't say seriously because it's not a very serious song, but he sounds great on the, on the song called One More Minute, which is a, sort of like a doo-wop Elvis thing. And just maybe my favorite lyrics from the entire catalog that Weird Al has ever done. I guess I might seem kind of bitter You got me feeling down in the dumps Cause I'm stranded all alone In the gas station of love And I have to use the self-service pumps Oh, so honey, let me help you with that suitcase
Oh, it's 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 great. This song is definitely up there for me um, for the longest time. This was my favorite part of any Weird Al concert because this he'd you know he'd put on the like the smoking jacket and he'd have the scarves and he'd go out into the audience and like really ham it up for the women and stuff. And I loved that part. And so that really gives this song a special place in my heart. But yeah, I mean the man can sing. The man can absolutely sing. And uh, this may have been the first time people actually noticed how well he can sing but i think he's proved it quite a lot you know yeah and a great video for the song as well love the way he talks about uh, burning down the malt shop where we used to go and uh, then saying uh, i guess i might seem kind of bitter <laughs> a great lyrical so line it's just so couched in that i guess i might seem kind of bitter it's a little bit and the way that he sings it, you don't notice all of that. It's just like three different times he's couching this bitterness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. It's great. And, and you know, not to uh, not to go down a path, but this is one of the few times that Weird Al very nearly crosses a line into something that is almost inappropriate about being stranded all alone in the gas station of love. And he has to use the self-service pumps mm -hmm. like the first time you get that you're like oh, weird Al. <laughs> yeah weird Al made a sex joke everybody let's uh let's let's take five everybody needs to calm down a little I, bit. <laughs> it's like what is happening gotta fan my face yeah i don't know how that i would love to have a conversation with him about that line and how it came about because i wonder if i wonder if he came up with gas station of love and then needed something or if he came up with self-service pump and then backtracked to the gas station of love. I would really be interested in how that unfolded. Oh, gosh. You know, he probably, that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, hey, Weird Al, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> give us a call. You can email me, michaelsrecordcollection at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, get let's get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> song, though. Just a, a great song and, and an original, which proves that the man can not only just take someone else's melody and put some words to it, but he can come up with something, you know, fairly original on his own. And, and even though it's a stylistic parody, it's still, you know, he still had to write music and lyrics and all that to it. Absolutely. Brilliant man. Brilliant man. Yeah. Very smart. All right. Star Wars fans track four is Yoda. And, uh, you know, long before the, uh, the, uh, this here Anakin guy from the, uh, the saga begins, 
We had Yoda done to the style of the Kinks Lola. And again, just you could tell he's a Star Wars nerd. That he just had all this all these facts that he could pull from and all of these little things and talking about picking up rocks and things like that. And 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 again in his weird Al style, just not only making fun of Star Wars in a loving way, but also just killing it on the the kinks uh you know cover really yeah he he does a brilliant job with this and i feel like you know and, and then you think about the time frame right because um uh what gosh oh god was the third one um the uh that's the empire strikes back and what's the third star wars oh my god i'm having uh, a complete return like jedi. return of the jedi thank you very much i'm sorry nerds i had a brain fart um <laughs> But that was like 1983 and then dare to be stupid's coming out in 1985 so like yoda was not like timely or current or anything along those lines because he wrote it like in the late 70s right mm -hmm. and he just finally put it on this album here and it took on a life of its own you know for him and and in his career he closes every concert with yoda <laughs> and it was it was a bold <laughs> choice here too because at that point in 1985 who knew if we were ever seeing another Star Wars movie? Yeah, well, I mean, he totally called it, right? Because yeah. um, I'll be playing this part till I'm old and gray. The long-term contract I had to sign said I'll be making these movies till the end of time. Yeah, and it and that's that's true. Now we're 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 approaching saturation with the Star Wars product at this point, but um, a little bit. Yeah, so uh, at that point, we didn't you know we didn't know if we're getting another thing. We were kind of wondering, uh, is this what we're all we're getting or we're going out with Ewoks. That's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it ends. Uh, but no, uh, we, we, we got more. And uh, I, I have to think that in no small part due to Weird Al Yankovic's uh, hard work. I believe that. I firmly believe that. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, he just kept the fire burning. Fantastic guitar work here by Jim West on this song. Love it. Again, musicianship, I think, underrated on his albums. Uh, not just the, the singing. Not just the writing and the clever lyrics, but people can actually play. Oh my gosh. I mean, they're amazing live. You could tell these guys have been playing together for a long time and uh, they're all very, very good at what they do. And, you know, Jim and Steve and like Bermuda and, you know, not on this album, but like Ruben, his keyboard player that, that uh, performs live with them, they all do their own stuff, but they keep coming back to weird out. Like uh, Jim, Jim West has independently won Grammys for his slack key guitar playing a completely outside separate from his work with weird Al. So like they are like consummate mu musicians. Yeah. Outstanding. After Yoda, we have a cover of the cartoon theme song for George of the jungle. George, George, George of the jungle, strong as he can be. Watch out for that tree. George, George, George of the jungle lives a life that's free. Watch out for that tree. When he gets in scrape, he makes his escape with the help of his friend, an ape named Ape. Then away he'll schlep on his elephant ship while Bella and Ursula stay in step. With George, George, George of the jungle, friend to you and me. Watch out for that tree. Watch out for that oh. tree. 
you and I have talked about this before about how it's really neither of our favorite Weird Al Yankovic songs, not necessarily a skipper, but uh, there's there's places we would have maybe rather rather gone than than the George of the Jungle theme song. Yeah, you know, I don't love it. I don't love it because like, you know, Weird Al's just singing it. Like he didn't write it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he liked George of the Jungle. He wanted to put it on the album. Fine. He's allowed, you know, he's Weird Al. He can do it. And yeah. um, I will I will say, though, that uh, the last time I went playing disc golf, uh, the, <laughs> there was like one of the holes on the course was like completely like surrounded by like large trees and so every time i'd throw my disc i would go watch out for that tree (laughs) perfect (laughs) perfect i amused myself anyway yeah and really honestly nowadays anytime you can do that you should yeah we all we all need a little more levity in our lives we we all need to lighten up just a little bit more so absolutely that's what weird al's here for yeah, so George of the Jungle, and then that goes into another pastiche instead of Devo this time, Thomas Dolby with uh, the Slime Creatures from Outer Space song, which is, I mean, there's no other way to say it other than it's amazing. It's just an amazing stylistic parody of of Hyperactive. It's got 50s sci-fi sound effects, Steve J and, and playing the theremin on this and making those cool wavy sounds and stuff, and it's it's really breathtaking and it's it's deep you got to go back and listen to it three or four times before you catch everything Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, this is one of those ones that definitely took some time to to grow on me uh, because I didn't understand everything that was going on. But now that I do, it's like, oh my god, like th- this is genius. There's a lot of work going into this, and you know, slime creature, slime creature, it's so great. Yeah, I would. Uh, I mean, and and I think a part of why I love this album so much and why it's my favorite too is that that connection with what I was listening to around that time, Devo and Thomas Dolby, they, they were, they were, I wouldn't say ubiquitous, but they were, they were pretty popular at the time. Oh yeah. 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 And you can like, you can tell what weird Al was into at the time too, by what like mm-hmm. he chose to do versus what he felt like he had to do. Yeah. You know, he did like a surgeon. He did. I want a new duck and stuff. Cause like, those are the big hits, but like, what did he put on there that he wanted to put on there? It's it's this weird stuff, and yeah. you gotta you gotta love it. And I I think there's something to that too because he those songs were cover you know he he just parodied those songs and then these songs the the Dare to Be Stupid and Slime Creatures he just 
took their style and said, I'm going to create something original using their style. And I think that to me is a, a bigger tribute than just taking the song as, as written and just changing lyrics and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's an homage. It's yeah. like, I love this so much. I want to try and do something like it myself. Yeah. So we've gone with Ovoir and homage so far on the podcast. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> who knows what will come next? I don't know. But what comes next on the album is a song that Weird Al didn't necessarily want to do. And that is uh, the record label said, hey, how about doing a cover of uh, Cindy Lauper's very popular Girls Just Want to Have Fun? Wouldn't that be cool, Weird Al? Wouldn't that be great? Weird Al's like, eh, I think we're good with material. No, no, wouldn't that be great, Weird Al, if you did that? <laughs> like, we're telling you to do that? And so you get Girls Just Want to Have Lunch is what uh, comes of that. And it's, I think it came out pretty good, but he he makes no effort to sound even remotely like Cyndi Lauper and sings it in this weird style, probably partly because he can't sing like Cyndi Lauper, because who can? And partly because maybe this is his way of protesting being told what to put on the album <laughs> i mean maybe i know how to keep a woman satisfied when i without my diner's car their eyes get so wide they're always in the mood for something to munch oh girls they wanna have lunch oh girls just wanna have It's just really low hanging fruit is what my problem with it is. And, and like, you can tell that like, this is like, his heart wasn't fully in this one. And honestly, just on principle as a girl, like we want more than lunch, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. you know, like I'm very much looking forward to having dinner when we're finished talking to here today, you know, and that's not yeah. lunch. I'm, I want my dinner. <laughs> right. I always uh, want to munch. always have to have something to munch, not just at lunch. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I like, I like it. I don't love it. Um, there's a lot of burping and farting noises throughout the song, which I think I think is a subtle jab to say I really didn't want to do this. Maybe it's not. Maybe he thought it was funny. I don't know. But that that would be another question, uh, Weird Al. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna take the time to answer my earlier question, maybe you can answer this one as well. Yeah. Why not? You know, it's very simple questions. Yeah. So girls just want to have lunch. This is the life comes next and. Uh, this was the song done for the Johnny Dangerously film uh, starring Joe Piscopo and uh, Michael Keaton. Pretty swell. I got women lined up outside my door. 
are are you a, a an aficionado of Johnny Dangerously? I'm not an aficionado of Johnny Dangerously. Uh, it's on my list of things that I, I would like to see, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because of the song. And, you know, I got no, I got no problem with Michael Keaton. I like Michael Keaton. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'd be down to watch it. I don't I don't know how good it'll be, but I'll watch it. <laughs> I haven't seen it in many years and I'm I'm anxious to see how it holds up. But it was my memory of it is it's like Weird Al. It's very much a parody. Of, uh, of gangster movies. And I think that, I, I mean, I don't remember it well enough to know if it will stand up to the modern politically correct climate, but <laughs> that's always the danger with eighties movies, I think, especially comedies. But I remember it being hilarious. I remember it very fondly. And I, I would think that that kind of humor would be right up your alley. It's, it's very, it's very uh, weird out humor. All right. Well, then I'm here for it. Yeah. I mean, having watched UHF, um, yeah, I think there's some similar similarities in the type of humor that you get between the two movies. Oh, cool. 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 Yeah. I'm definitely, definitely down for it. Then I will be watching some Johnny dangerous plays sooner rather than later. <laughs> I am sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'd be anxious to, or interested to hear your, your take on the movie. Once you, once you get a chance to see it. Awesome. So, Excellent drumming by Bermuda Schwartz on this song. Uh, it's a cute song, perfect for something like a you know a movie score. Um, and you know, I could probably live without the mock tap dance in the middle of it, but <laughs> it's, uh, you know, for what it was, I, I guess that fits it. It makes sense. I absolutely in that same part. I mean, you got the mock tap dancing. I mean, then it leads into a, like a ripping guitar solo, but then uh, you get the uh, the what up, what up. <laughs> yeah which gets me every time yeah and that's very much of um of the era of the music that was done uh, in the era that in which johnny dangerously takes place so uh, again i would i can't wait till you see it and uh and i hope hopefully i'll get a chance to also catch it again because it's been quite some time and that takes us into cable tv and cable tv is a song uh that it sort of uh parodies Elton John's Hercules song. It it takes you back to when cable TV was new. And, you know, now it's very specialized, but at the time channels, different networks had like just a variety of stuff. They were just give us content. We're on 24 hours a day. We need to put something on the air and you would have just all kinds of crazy stuff on different channels. There wasn't just like this channel does there were a few they were just starting out where there might be a a comedy channel and a movie channel but mostly everybody just did everything and um you know i i liked being taken back to that that sort of new thing because we were we were really late in getting cable tv in our area because we were kind of out in the sticks so it took a while to to get the infrastructure in place for cable tv all my friends had it i would always Hey, can I go spend the night at so-and-so's house? Cause you know, then I could watch MTV and things like that. But uh, I remember you had these, these boxes, they had like nine numbers and you had a little uh, knob over here that you had three tiers. So you had like 27 channels on that, that first cable box that we had. And you could only, you have to, you had to pick one through nine and you had to pick tier one, two or three. So it was, it was a lot different than it is now. <laughs> Healers Network. 
from Atlanta. Mr. Wizard is on at five. I got a satellite dish on the trunk of my car so I can watch MTV while I drive. I'm talking about real quality programs, the kind you just can't get for free. Now I never want to leave my apartment, cause there's just so much for me to see on my cable TV. Cable TV. A cable TV. Cable TV. Well, if you need to find me, you know where I'll be. Watching my cable TV. Yeah. Oh, I, I can only imagine. You know, and it's funny too. Uh, you know, there's some of Weird Al's music is timeless in its own way, and then some of it is dated very much in, in other ways. You know, and I say this as somebody who um, had, you know, some kind of cable TV service uh, until I bought this house a couple of months ago. And I was like, you know what? Nope. I don't need it. I already have all the streaming services anyway. So I got one of those digital antennas so I can watch my wheel and my Jeopardy and, uh, you know, everything else is streaming, you know? I, so like I got rid of cable TV because there's stuff that replaces it, but like you still have the same kind of issue that Weird Al was kind of getting into in this song is like, you know, you, you got the Chinese Faith Healers Network, you know, news and business from Peru. And it's like it's celebrity hockey, the racquetball channel too. And there's just like weird stuff. And like, that's what streaming is. It's like, oh, what is this unusual show? And uh, you just kind of give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. I love the racquetball channel line. It's great. Um, <laughs> not surprised to find out you, a Weird Al fan, being also a Jeopardy watcher. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm a big time Jeopardy watcher. I hope that you someday get a lousy version of their home game. Oh yeah. Well I did, <laughs> I did, you know, come in first place with the highest score ever recorded on the Weird Al Jeopardy at the uh, pre-show VIP experience. Wow. You just tore them up. I did. I did. And Weird Al himself was actually impressed. So I don't need to win actual Jeopardy. I won Weird Al Jeopardy, which is my specialized niche. So yeah. it's all good. <laughs> That's pretty good. I wonder if you know more about Weird Al than Weird Al does. I don't think so. That man's mind has probably has more, you know, doors than than I could ever imagine having in mind. He's a great follow on Twitter. Um, I loved his updates from the movie set where he would show you what he could so sometime it would be like a picture of a parking space or a dumpster on the back lot or something. <laughs> so good. Yeah, he's great. After cable TV, it's it's polka time. Yep, it's polka time. Hooked on polkas. Do you have a favorite section of Hooked on polkas? 
Oh my gosh. You know, all of the polkas have something to them that I feel like, uh, is special. And before I get into like what my favorite section of hooked on polkas actually is, I have to say that I have a big problem with the fact that this album closes with the polka. Cause I yeah. feel like that is not something that really should happen. Right. But it's tough to say because I think, you know what? I'm just going to go, I'm going to go with it. My favorite section of this polka is the 99 Luft balloons. It's just so funny. That's why there's like 18 clarinet players on the album. Yeah, that's true. No surprise that the uh, the German uh, band is uh, is perfect for the uh, the polkas section. And it's it's really great because he's he's got the different types of polka and he just picks the right song for the right style every single time and love the transitions. The transitions are brilliant. It, it, the way he he sort of stitches them together seamlessly, knows exactly when to throw in a hey or a no or some weird sound effect mm-hmm. and uh, just just amazing. I mean, uh of course, if he knows one style of music and he knows all of them seemingly, it's polkas. Yeah, definitely. And you know, talking about the seamless transitions, it's it's especially true as you get into um, some polkas later on in his career, where I I'm not like super familiar with some of the stuff because you know it's either a genre that I'm not into. There's another word, it's genre. So right. I've done oeuvre, <laughs> what I've done, I've done oeuvre and genre, and, uh, but anyway, homage, yes. It's great. Um, but if it's, if it's, you know, something I'm not super familiar with, and then like, if I, I catch it on the radio or something, my brain is going to mentally go to the next song in the polka. Yeah. Cause that's all I know from this song. <laughs> I'm going to go right to the next song in the polka. Yeah. You know, I was listening to, um, uh, sledgehammer, you know, the other day. Yeah. And uh, first of all, I love sledgehammer, but my brain being my brain does that i want to be the way al does and you know in the polka and i just Uh you know that's it's terrible it's terrible the wires get crossed so many times in my brain like like what's the weird al part and what's the actual part like what's happening (laughs) such an eclectic group of songs uh, starts out with the 12th street rag the state of shock by the jacksons and mick jagger zz tops sharp dressed man uh, Tina Turner's What's Love Got to Do With It, which is one of my favorite ones. What's Love Got to Do, Got to Do With It. <laughs> um, the Hall and Oates uh, song, Method of Modern Love. Owner of Lonely Heart by Yes, uh, one of my favorite songs from the 80s. Uh, Twisted Sisters, We're Not Gonna Take It, which I just I just wish I could have sat in a room with D. Snyder when he first heard that. We're not gonna take it. No, we ain't gonna take it. Oh, that bet when he when he does that that oh, we're not gonna take it anymore. It's so good. It is. It really is. Uh 99 Left Balloons by Nina, uh Footloose by Kenny Loggins, The Reflex by Duran Duran, Metal Health Bang Your Head by Quiet Riot, Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood, and uh finish off with the Ear Booker Polka. Yep. 
Alan did all of his polkas with the yearbook or polka up until 1996. That is, uh, that's the kind of knowledge I think that uh, maybe you don't even get on that other Weird Al podcast. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You might. Uh, and then after that, he ended the polkas with different um, little original polka ditties of his own, uh, mm-hmm. primarily. Uh, but yeah, you know, so you get the the ends that are always like, da 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 da. Hey. Like yeah. that's, that's the yearbook of polka. That's great. That's great stuff. And like I said, just, you've got blue eyed soul in here. You've got pop, you've got blues rock, you've got uh, progressive rock, you've got uh, hair metal and uh new romantic, uh, just all kinds of styles. And you just, like I said, finds the right type of polka for each one of these to, uh, to deliver this, uh, as the vehicle to deliver these lyrics, um, which are the actual lyrics, which is kind of, it's cool because he's got, he's got songs he didn't write the music for that he wrote the lyrics for. And here he gets to put the music together and then use lyrics that someone else wrote. Yeah, it's brilliant. He's the best. But yeah, I could see where, you know, having the polkas at the end might be like, Maybe he thought he was just leaving the audience wanting more. It's like, let me put this breathless thing at the end of it. Maybe, maybe, you know, I feel like the polkas make more sense in the middle and then the end should be like that, that big, like weird song that he usually does. But you know, then if you think about this and its placement in Weird Al's catalog, the fact that Dare to be Stupid ends with the polka and the next album was Polka Party. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll take it as a bridge. I don't know, but. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It's uh, it's good, though. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic, Dare to be Stupid, 1985. Just a fantastic album. What can you say about it? It's the best. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> well, I love it. I love it. I mean, they're all the best. They're all the best. They're all your favorite. Yep. <laughs> I'm very it's noncommittal like, here. It's like your children. You know, you can't pick a favorite one. Some, or, you know, some days one makes you mad. So you like the other one a little more, but you know, you love them all equally more or less. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. I've, I have love for all of them depending on my mood. Yeah. Um, I have only gotten to see weird Al once on the running with scissors tour, which was fantastic. Uh, would definitely recommend going to see him. He is, he puts on an amazing show. You're never bored. He does costume changes, but you've got video screen stuff going on while he does that. Uh, like I said, the band is fantastic. There's, there's props, there's all kinds of great stuff going on and it's just a great time. And it's a, it's a show you can take your whole family to. Yeah, definitely. Now, don't oversell the props in the videos because the tour that he's currently on, the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour is very stripped down. It's um, five old guys on stools. <laughs> but it's it's still, you know, it's still Weird Al. It's still going to be a it's great show. It's still a show. Weird Al show. And you're yeah. still not bored. So. Sure. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Like I said, it's, it's fun for everybody. You can take your kids and not have to worry about you know, some of the stuff you have to worry about at other rock shows and, and concerts. That's for sure. Yeah. So I'm glad we got the chance to talk about this record. It's one of my favorites. It's it's my favorite Weird Al album. And I'm I'm glad we got to talk about the Beard Al podcast, which is a, a fantastic show. I think you and your brother do a great job with it. And not only with the, the show itself, but you're always 
coming up with a beer that I'm like, oh, I don't think I've tried that one yet. So that's also a nice thing to have as well. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad we do that for for some people. You know, we had a a comment come through on our Facebook page not too long ago where somebody said, you talk way too much about the beer. Just get to the, I'm like, the beer is in the title of the show though. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's, that's, it's kind of comes before Al. Yeah. Like that's what I was going to say. The beer comes before the Al. So, I mean, like whatever, bro. <laughs> maybe maybe this isn't your weird owl show maybe I was gonna, yeah that was my response i was just like well thank you for the feedback maybe this isn't show the show for you have a nice day or you know one thing you could do is just skip ahead yeah you know the, the, yeah absolutely but well wrong with that it's fine i'm helping some people find beers they've never had before and listen to weird owl music that they forgot about so i'm focusing on the positive yeah, and I think that's a great uh, thing about your show is that it is a very positive show that aims to have fun. Uh, you, you you don't I don't think I've ever heard one of your shows where you're talking about oh the problems of the world today. Um, no, it's not your thing. Not our thing. There enough people are talking about the problems of the world. We want to be people's like respite from the problems of the world, and much like Weird Al is so I'm, I'm thank you for noticing that that makes me feel good yeah escapism that's what it's all about right on <laughs> um, that's what it's all about that's what i i try to do that here too because music is my escape and i i'm hopefully hopefully i can help other people escape into the music that i like and maybe they'll find something that they can also enjoy yeah love it all right hit me with that information again where let's start off with where can people find you on the socials yes we are at Beard Owl Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, on Facebook. It's just facebook.com slash Beard Owl Podcast. Nice. And you can find the Beard Owl Podcast on all of the major podcast places, the platforms, uh, whether you go to Apple or Google Play or wherever. It's uh, just find your favorite podcast dispensary, and it's there. Yes, it is there. Uh, you know, not to like 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 pimp a uh, podcast player but give good pods a shot because it's a lot of people just like rating and sharing their shows it's a really good little like burgeoning little podcast app mm -hmm. where you get like honest opinions from people and you can find shows that you may not have found otherwise that aren't getting picked up by the bigger ones so you know find us on good pods yeah go on a good pods and uh you know download the app and get all your friends on it and then you can discover stuff that your friends are listening to and might be something that you would be interested in, in doing. And, and like you said, it's got, you know, ratings and it, it's the social aspect of it is, is really nice because you can, if you, if you have a, even one person on there that you trust their opinion, um, you're going to find more shows that you like. Yes, absolutely. And I love it. And I, I feel like good pods is only going to get better as, mm -hmm. as time goes on. So I was happy to be in the door on it early and I found it really helpful for finding a lot of stuff. Yeah. Same. And it's like the only place anyone's ever rated my podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Um, I'm happy about that. Lauren Carey, anything else about weird Al that we need to cover today? I think we've covered all of the big spots. You know, we talked about how smart he is, how funny he is, how kind he is, how great his music is and um, how he's five foot 11 um <laughs> which yeah, is true sure. He's we didn't cover that but now we have <laughs> Ooh, now we have now, now we, we have. have 
yeah. Uh, yeah, he's great. Yeah, and again, you can get uh, some really cool Beard Owl podcast merch with your great logo. It's got the Weird Owl hairdo on a mug of beer, which is phenomenal. Thanks. I, I went to my friend. I went to my friend Katie. Uh, she because she does you know like physical art but she also does some graphic design and I was, I was like oh she can make my logo and I told her what the show was about and she goes okay well did you have anything in mind I was like uh beer but make it weird out please and that's <laughs> all I told her yeah. and she came this was the first draft and I was like holy cow this is it nailed it <laughs> thank nailed you it. very much yeah it's it's really you know i wouldn't even know where to start a, a hawaiian shirt over a beer mug i don't know but um yeah it 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 turned out great i don't know where she came up with it but i love it because it's so weird perfect <laughs> weird is, is perfect for that um have you run out of the uh of the pint glasses yeah for now uh, i have to order some more because they're not the kind of thing that i can put in the merch store so i have to order them and then like send them to people it's a whole it's a whole thing yeah i have i have uh, thought about doing pint glasses but it it's i'm frightened <laughs> yeah it, it's it's worth it it's worth it um you know i mean i, I mostly did giveaways you know for them because people seem to like to have them so i will do that again at some point in the future once i get a little more of my my ducks in a row here but yeah the pine glasses are fun all right let's see if we can get a new duck to be one of those ducks in a row oh very good got it right back in gotta gotta bring it right back around all right well uh lauren carey thank you so much for your time it's been great talking to you about your show about weird al obviously uh, our our mutual admiration for this particular musician from california and um I just think, I think your show's great. I hope it does very well. And I'm sure it's already doing like, I don't even know, want to know your numbers because I'll be so jealous. But uh, I hope that my listeners will, you know, if they're into Weird Al or beer or both, uh, that they'll check out your show. Yeah, well, thank you so very much. And I was really happy to have you on the show to talk about the same album in a completely different way. And I hope, uh, you know, some reciprocal listener sharing occurs. That would be great. Cross promotion is awesome, but it's for me, it's more about um, making connections with great people and, and having a good time. And I have really enjoyed talking Weird Al with you today. Thank you. I loved it too. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Michael's Record Collection is hosted and produced by Michael Citro. Logo graphic courtesy of Jerry Cutchins. Follow Michael's Record Collection on social media, at Mike's Records on Twitter, and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you like what you hear, you can support the show through our Patreon at patreon.com slash Michael's Record Collection. For the free newsletter version, go to substack.com and just type Michael's Record Collection into the search bar. Thanks for listening. <laughs>